Broadcasting from their dining room table in Long Beach, California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. And we're rolling. Hello. Oh, hello. Hey there. Hi, boo. Hey, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Inside jokes out of the gate. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah, I'm boo. This is boo. We call each other boo. Yeah. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) It's uncomfortable. This is the Stonebergs podcast. Uh, I'm Dave Stone. This is Katie Strandberg. Yeah, that's me. Do you get it? We took Stone and Strandberg and we came up with Stonebergs because we're creative types. It's like a celebrity name. Yeah. It's a mix. Like uh, what? Uh, Bragelina. Bragelina. That's what I was trying to think of. R.I.P. I I mean, they're both still with us, but... (laughs) Oh, they're not dead? They're not together anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the premiere episode of the Stonebergs podcast. What is the Stonebergs podcast? Well, like I said, I'm Dave Stone. That's Katie Strandberg. By the way, we are engaged. To be married. Engaged to be married, not just engaged in conversation. <laughs> uh, to give you some context, um, uh, we may have some uh, Boogie Monster uh, listeners who are, are joining us. So so those folks probably know who I am, but uh, they may not be too familiar with you. Yeah. Uh, although I do talk a lot of shit on the Boogie Monster about you. Nah, not yeah, shit, but... No, uh, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I talk a lot about you. That's but, not uh, very nice. No, I know. Oh, God. <laughs> but what, what are we doing here? What's the point of this? Okay. Well, um, you know, I just wanted to uh, to do another podcast. Yeah. I, I get restless. You know, I'm a stand-up comedian. I uh, tour quite a bit. I do the Boogie Monster. Uh, but outside of that, I don't really do much other than just sit around. You know, I make tacos. I cook sure. barbecue. Well, you're really good at sauces. I make sauces. He's good at sauces, guys. <laughs> I thought... Uh, why not? Uh, why not get into something else? You know, it's a good change of pace. I like the idea of a podcast that I don't have to do research for. That's really fun, and I needed a change of pace too, guys, because I was all done with Vanderpump Rules, <laughs> which is on the Bravo Television Network. Are, are you finally done with that? No, no. I'm going to revisit. <laughs> See what I do, Boo, is uh-huh. I revisit my uh-huh. favorite episodes. Uh-huh. It's like checking in on friends. Yeah. I realize how sad I sound, guys. Trust me. But uh, <laughs> it's fun. They're fun. Anyway, let's not talk. I know this isn't a... No, that's fine. I used to get annoyed with uh, your love of all things Vanderpump and, and Real Housewives. TV. All the trash, yeah. But then uh, you made a good point one time. You're like, hey, dumbass, this is just my sports. It's sports, yeah. yeah it's, it's female sports. It's lady sports. Yeah. So. Or, you know, it's person sports. You're mm-hmm. not allowed to say female. Or, Why are, aren't you allowed to? They're, they're females, aren't they? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, I for the example, uh-huh. it's I was saying, like, it's ladies' sports, uh-huh. but, you know, because of the whole... I wouldn't worry about being I'm too woke. I'm just nervous about... Okay. Nah, don't worry about that. I'm woke. We're, I'm a woke lady. I Yay. don't know how woke Yay we world. are. Uh, we have good intentions, so, you <laughs> we know, try. we don't no need to tiptoe <laughs> around shit. Who cares? But uh, yeah, so this is uh, the Stonebergs podcast. Um, we're, what we're going to try to do is make this kind of a uh, advice show, like a yes. call-in show. I used to grow up. Uh, I used to grow up. I grew up listening uh, to, to different radio call-in shows. I actually used to host call-in 
Island shows. Um, Boogie Monster fans might know my my backstory with being a radio DJ and things like that, but I just love the concept of like hosting a call in show. You guys call in uh, once I love we that. once we figure out all the technology. Uh, eventually, we're going to try to take uh, calls just live during the show. Yeah, but until then, we've set up a phone number where we're going to uh, have a voicemail set up. Yeah, and you guys can call. Leave your voicemails. We will play those voicemails on the show and then respond accordingly. Uh, If you're keeping score at home, 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. That is the uh, Stonebergs podcast hotline. You can call that uh, number 24-7. I love that. And uh, And leave all the messages. Anything. I will listen to to every message. Whatever. You know, we can swap recipes. We could turn it into like my old Radio Days party line. You can call and wish your friends a happy birthday. I love that. We just want to hear from you. Yeah. So Maybe rap some TLC lyrics. I don't know. (laughs) Get wild. But um, another reason. um, Well, and here's the thing. All right. With this podcast. The reason I wanted to do this is for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, the world's in disarray. Yeah, it's bad. And, you I know, think. we're just bombarded with all the news and the politics mm. and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, I just wanted a place for us to come to, to, um, to, to have conversations and talk to each other uh, without all the worldly cynicism. The muck. Yeah, without without all the, without all the muck and mire, but just uh, I want the Stonebergs podcast to just be a place where where you and I just shoot the shit. We hang out. We 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 take voicemails. We take phone calls, and just and that's and another reason I want to do this podcast. And and I'm gonna uh, little warning here. Yeah, guys, I'm gonna get a little sappy. Oh no! But I want Aww. to introduce you to. My listeners and to my fans, I always hated that word fans. <laughs> oh, that's so but nice, though. I think you're amazing. Where I'm madly in love with you. I know I'm turning into a big softy, a big sad sack here, but uh, I just, I we have so much fun together. Yeah, like, and I, I know every couple says that. I know like, we're you know, gross. I really, and again, hey haters, you know, Street Justice Dave's got a soft side, Aww. you know, and uh, you really. You really tap into that uh, with me here. And I just, I, I, I think you're awesome. And I just, uh, I want people to get to know you because I want people to know the Katie that I know. Thank you, Boo. And one Is the, it weird that, should I call you Boo? I feel very like. You just call me whatever you want. We just right. had some uh, noise. By the way, uh, we're broadcasting from our uh, uh, living or uh, dining room table. Yeah. Like, the, uh, like oh. the announcer said, Long Beach, California. And we have. Uh, A puppy. Ch- Charlie. Is our oh. puppy, and he's out and about. We have uh, Harvey the cat; he's chilling on a on a chair right now. And then we have Truman. So we're not in the fancy studio. Nope. Um, so you you might hear some animals uh, rummaging about. You might hear some street noise because we're kind of close to a uh, a somewhat busy street. And right above us, uh, we have some neighbors who are very nice people, but they have two young boys, I think like a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and it's just romper room. And they like to like throw their bodies onto the ground. Yeah, there's a lot of so. lot of banging and bopping <laughs> around up there. So, uh, you, you know, uh, we apologize in advance for any uh, arbitrary noise that you might hear, but just bear with us. Like I said, we're not in a big fancy uh, studio. We're just in our home. But uh, what I was saying is, um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to try not to be – too lame and sappy uh, on this podcast, but like the reason I love you so much and the reason I think that uh, I fell in love with you is just you're a very positive person and uh, you, you, you have a complete lack 
of cynicism, which in this day and age and in this city, we we both have been in L.A. for many, many years now. Uh, And by the way, for people outside of the Southern California area, we moved to Long Beach, which is about 30, 40 miles south of L.A., uh, which, you know, we're still close enough to kind of handle our show business uh, responsibilities. But I feel like we're far enough south that we're out of like just the chaos that is L.A., um, anyway. And it's beautiful. Like we're 0.3 miles from the beach. Yes, it's yeah, real. Nice. Three tenths of a mile from the beach. Oh, but what I was saying is, and a white collar prison. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, we just found out that uh, there's this little island uh, right off the uh, right off the beach there that's a white collar prison. But my point is, uh, in in this day and age, and especially in this area, um, just I don't know. Like so many cynical people. Everybody's over it. Everybody's but honestly, jaded. who can blame them yeah, well, to that's be over true. it? You know, but I, I think that's why I, I love you so much. As you, when we met, I was just blown away by your just complete lack of cynicism, your um, just your ability to just find the the positive in almost everything, and you're just a big old goofball. And yeah, I say that weird. I say that as a compliment. I know sometimes you take that you might take that as an insult, <laughs> but you were the biggest goofball I've ever met, and that is a compliment. And I love that about you. I love that you're a big old goofball. Oh, great, Charlie. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you, Boo. Well, you too. I remember when I first met you, we were walking on the street. Do you remember that near Spitz? Yes. Uh, to give a backstory, you and I have known each other since about 2012. Oh yeah. Uh, we both worked at a uh, a crappy restaurant, a kebab place in Los Feliz in Los Angeles called Spitz. It's still there today. <laughs> Spitz. Uh, yeah. What a great name for a restaurant. Real oh, weird. appetizing. <laughs> Spitz. <laughs> and I guess you know it's obviously in reference to the the spit, the, like the rotisserie. Yeah, they shave the meat. You know, but still, just phonetically, uh, just uh, Spitz. And it's like a big chicken McNugget. Don't <laughs> eat there. Yeah, we won't. Sorry. We, I mean, you know. Yeah, we, we your gotta w- watch the, the, the slander and the libel. <laughs> we we both. Have our fair share of opinions about that place, but we'll we'll leave that be. But that's where we met, yeah. uh, August of 2012. I moved to LA. Uh, as this comes out, I, I will have just um, celebrated my eighth anniversary for living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Boo. I moved to LA uh, March of 2012, and then around August of 2012, I got a job there at Spitz, working in the kitchen. Yeah, and. Um, uh, he was so cute. Had a boss who was, you know, real kind of a, a wacky, friendly guy. But uh, and he he took a liking to me somehow. By the way, uh, this boss who took a liking to Dave, much like every single person that does not like me, loves him. <laughs> and I don't mean treated him. I don't mean he like, took a liking to me. It just no. We, we clicked. Yeah. You know, he was oh a, yeah. He was and a he was guy. he would always try to like impress him. <laughs> he would give him the perfect schedule if he needed it, and he uh, did not treat me well. He made fun of me. That and then Dave is always like, "What that person?" It's so nice to me. So nice, yeah. <laughs> People love you. Uh, I don't know about that, but I remember uh, first couple days working there. Um, I forget what was the guy's name. Jamie. Jamie. He found oh. out I was a comedian, and then he goes, "Oh, you're a comedian? Have you met Katie? She's also a comedian." Yeah. And I was like, "No, I haven't met Katie." And then like the next day, I met Katie. Yes. And uh, immediately I was like, who is this goofball? Who well, he is this? quizzed me, guys. No, first of all, he asked me what my top 
five favorite comics are. I don't think I, I, don't think said, I said top five. I said, who are some? I was like, oh, you're a comedian. Who do you like? Because that's that's kind of a thing. That, no, it know, is a thing. Ca- that comedians, when they first meet, I mean, it's not like the first question you ask, but in a work environment where, you know, there's 20 or 30 employees and you and I are, were the that's only true. comedians, it was like, oh, we can bond over this thing. You know, everybody there was fine, you know, different walks of life, but you and I, at least at that time, were the only comedian, so I was like, oh, we're going to we're gonna bond, we're going to connect on this, and I was you know, like, hey, who do you like? Yeah. And I think, who'd you say? Maria, Maria Bamford. Maria Bamford, yeah. Sarah Silverman, uh-huh. Patton Oswald. Yeah, a lot of my favorites, yeah. too. So anyway, that's how we met. Uh, you were you were a bartender slash server. Cashier. Cashier. Cashier slash bartender, guys. And I was in the kitchen making the falafel <laughs> and the shawarma. <laughs> and chopping. Yeah. You did a lot of chopping then. Yeah, and... Uh, but he yeah. was so cute. <laughs> you looked like, I remember seeing you for the first time, and it was like, who is this lumberjack <laughs> cutting green bell peppers? Yeah. Who is this guy? Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Was, that was the impression I made on you? Who's yeah. this lumberjack? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, so doing that math, we've uh, known each other now for uh, about seven and a half years. Holy shit. So, uh <laughs> But yeah, so we, we met in August of rough 2012. Rough start. <laughs> uh, no, not a rough start no. there. Uh, and right. a few months later, Ooh. we kind of took it to the to the next level. Yes. Well, uh, uh, first of all, I'm just gonna sidebar it, guys. Mm-hmm. He did not want anything to do with me. I tried, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm gonna text him. I texted him about a comedy festival to see if he got in it because we had talked about it in passing at work. And his response was, nope, thanks, lady, for checking, period. (laughs) And I took that as a challenge. Well, in my defense, it's not that I didn't want anything to do with you. It was that I didn't want anything to do with anyone because I had a uh, unique situation. And some listeners already know where I'm leading with this. Uh, I lived in a van. Yeah. So when you live in a van... Uh, you kind of put your social life uh, on the back burner. And uh, so I was living in a van at that time. And uh, so the last thing on my mind, you, you, I just told myself, I'm like, you know, no no dating, no girlfriends, no nothing. Because A, like it would have been a distraction not only from my career, but from like my objective was not only to, you know, try to succeed in show business and comedy, but my my main objective was also like, I got to figure out how to get the hell out of this van. Yeah. Got to save up some money, get an apartment. And I just didn't need any distractions. And just the embarrassment or humility or whatever. Not that I was ashamed. Like, I knew I wasn't living in a van because I was a heroin addict or, you know, falling on hard times. <laughs> I knew, you know, it was a it was a self-induced hardship, but it's still not something that you want to go bragging to the ladies about. Like, hey, babe, you want to come over to my van? Yeah. So that's why I was just like, I'm off the market. I'm not, even though I was into you, I thought, well, hey, this, 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 this gal, she's pretty, she's cute, she's got a great personality, but I was like, I can't date she her. She cries in the back a lot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I can't date her or anybody else, you know, at least for a while. So that's why when you reached out that first time, that's always, um, you know, it's always a, 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 an interesting move when the first, the first text yeah. or the first phone call. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we know each other in a work context, but now you're trying to reach out socially. And I was just, well, you know, I, threw and I wasn't ball. trying to be mean. I threw the ball at you. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, hey, buddy. Yeah. Let, let's play ball. And, and I you took the took ball, the- and I threw it in the woods. <laughs> no, on the ground. <laughs> you threw it so deep into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and I wasn't trying to be rude or hurt your feelings, but I was just like, uh, this, whatever, you're, whatever you're thinking, lady, 
Give me a while. I'm not ready for that. But, guys, he didn't know what a codependent, (laughs) crazy monster I am. (laughs) Because I just came at you. Yeah. I came at you hard. You laid it on thick. I did. I invited him to drinks with coworkers after. Mm -hmm. At the Rustic Inn. At Ye Rustic Inn, the Uh greatest bar that's ever existed. Mm -hmm. Oh. And I basically forced these co-workers to all go out because I wanted Dave to go Mm -hmm. and I made him and he said he had to go to his house. Yeah. I said, well, I got to run home first. To Silver Lake. Yeah. I I was was quote unquote living in Silver Lake. 20 minutes away. Meaning I was parking (laughs) my van at the Silver Lake Reservoir. So it wasn't a, wasn't a lie. I lived in Silver Lake and I had to run home. Yeah. But you know. Gotcha. I had to run home and change shirts and Take a little, you know, hobo bath, you know, <laughs> to wash my face. Or comb, my comb dad my calls hair. it a whore bath. Whore bath. But, oh. uh, yeah, so I was like, well, okay, I'll go have some drinks with, you know, and you were smart to use, like, the other the other code. Oh, yeah, you have to so use it's not a group, a one, guys. Not a one it's a group. So, yeah, lighten up, Dave. It's a group thing. That's a like, group all thing. Right, we're all, right. all going. And yeah. they did not want to go, yeah. but I made them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was mean to you. Yes, like the you, whole time. Well, not mean, mean. You were doing that playful. Like mean. you used to have this this technique of like, like uh, I, how would you describe it? Um, okay, I was raised in a house where sarcasm and like just passive aggression was sort of our love language. So that's how I was expressing my love. I was just, you know, making fun of you. Poking fun, uh-huh. saying some mean stuff. Yeah, you were busting my balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you, you were a good ball buster. And <laughs> I and I'm good. I can roll with it. You know, I don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> but I did notice like you were amping it up, and I was. I don't know if that's the, you know, the adult version of like punching the girl on the playground it was. that you like. You well, know, you just weren't to get really attention. reacting. Was you I were, not? No, I mean, you were just like, uh huh, uh huh. And now that I know you, uh-huh. I know it was like. What the fuck? You know? But <laughs> with I just thought, okay, he's not reacting. I'm okay, I'll be more funny mm-hmm. and I'll make fun of him some more. Uh-huh. Yeah. It didn't really didn't work out. But you did uh you did throw a a uh what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You you called an audible at the line of scrimmage. Oh yeah, I did. You guys. noticed that that wasn't working that evening. Uh, so what, what's the line you laid on me? Well, first of all, everyone left. Uh-huh. And then Dave was finishing his chicken wings. He uh. was down to about two <laughs> chicken wings. And I had to make my move. So here is the beautiful line I said to my beloved. Hey, have you ever made out in a bar? <laughs> and he said no. And yeah. then I said, wanna? And I wiped the the wing (laughs) sauce off of my mouth and said, let's get into it, lady. (laughs) And we made out. Yeah, we made out at Ye Rustic. Ye Rustic. Charlie, chill out, bud. He doesn't understand. Yeah, Charlie's biting me. He loves this story. (laughs) Uh, Ye Rustic, where else? Good luck bar. Yeah, we kind of uh, wandered around Los Feliz like a couple of just just a couple of young just, just horn dogs. Yeah, we were make we were gross. We yeah. were just making out yeah, in every bar. Let's go in this bar and make fun. out. It was fun. 
Yeah, went to a Good Luck Bar. Went we got to kicked El, out of a place. El Chavo. <laughs> anyway, we don't have to elaborate too much on <laughs> Somebody that. Somebody liked a picnic table. On that oh, origin story. That's you, Dave. You um, did. Charlie, buddy, I don't know how I don't we're going to handle I don't, this. Okay, this is, I think we just need to euthanize. Is yeah. it? No. Whoa, I'm kidding, guys. That was Jeez. a joke. I'm an improviser, so mm. yes and. Yeah. I go to a 10. Mm-hmm. One to 10, if 10's the scale. We got to get the, uh, the squirt gun again. I know. I don't know. We, uh, I've, uh, I instituted a squirt gun policy for our animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Charlie's acting up too much, just shoot him with a squirt gun. Yeah. You know, it's harmless, you know, but effective. It doesn't thing, hurt him. It doesn't hurt him, and mm-hmm. it's fine. Here's the thing, guys. The squirt gun is like a dollar, mm-hmm. and it leaks onto furniture. So mm-hmm. it'll be left places, and there will be a puddle, and so that's why I have to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, so I got to spring it. for a... A fancier squirt gun, but yeah, anyway, so that's how we met, and uh, and you're saying, boy, that's uh, so you guys have been together for about seven and a half years. Well, not exactly. A <laughs> uh, lot of on again, off again. Very much. Uh-huh. I was not stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think the first what four years, three. <laughs> I definitely didn't know how to date people in a nice way, and Dave was like. And I, I don't say this to belittle you at all, <laughs> but you, I know this is, but you're like a normal human being. Like your parents love, love you. And you know what I mean? Like, all right. Full disclosure. We had to pause real quick to get the uh, squirt gun and shoot Charlie. <laughs> I found it. With I found some water. It, guys. Uh, yeah. He's a maniac and he only responds to, uh, to water. Anyway. So I had, uh, what were you saying? I had a normal family. Yeah, well, no. Yes, you have a beautiful, uh-huh. loving, southern family. And you guys, seriously, you meet them, and they're just the warmest, kindest people. And my family was a little different. Mm-hmm. And we will definitely we get will into get that. We will get into my family. Uh-huh. But, uh, oh, so, you know, I associated love with very high, very low, um, hurting each other. <laughs> And then I was nervous. I didn't want to mess it up. And you were just like, hey, let's go to lunch. And I would just crumble and uh-huh. be a psychopath. I well, also drank a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to. I was going to let you bring Sorry. that up. Whoops. Um, I don't, you know, I, it's not for me to judge whether or not you had a problem or anything. But uh, well, yeah, everybody, everybody responds differently to it. You know, <laughs> I don't think you drank any more than I did, per se. Uh, I just, I, I handle mine. I'm I'm an even keel, you know. When I drink, I'm, I'm fairly even keel. It's so annoying. And you, and you're, no, you're actually even keel and like jolly. Uh-huh. You're a very I'm jolly. A, yeah, I'm a jolly drunk. Yeah. Where you, I don't. I'll let you describe. <laughs> okay, it. guys. So at first it's fun. Uh-huh. At first I get a little hyper, right? And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this all night. But then my social anxiety kicks in, so then I just keep drinking. Uh-huh. The switch is when I start getting sad, and then I turn, and I get angry, and it could be at anyone, but usually it was at Dave. Yeah. And even if he wasn't there, I would start texting him <laughs> just to get a rise out of him. Well, it, put it this way, it, it wasn't an ideal situation for a uh, steady and healthy relationship <laughs> when one person uh, may or may not drink a, a tad too much and responds uh, uh, unpredictably to it, and the other person lives in a van sure. and has all the baggage that comes with that, sure. whether it be 
you know, even though I thought I had it under control as far as like, no, it's not going to affect my personality or my self-esteem. But, you know. It's I, a hard thing. It, it's it was, a hard thing. It was a hard thing, thing to do. Well, and it's a hard thing for me to admit. I was, you know, a drunk. I definitely, <laughs> I was, I would, I think you can go ahead and say I did have a problem because I would wake up in the morning and usually there was a, a vodka soda that had like melted from the night before. Uh-huh. And guys, I don't like things to go to waste, you yeah. know? It's like, I have to finish <laughs> it. So I would like drink it in the morning. And so, you know, there were just things like that. Little signs where it was like, huh. Well, and let's address a little bit just your behavior. The only thing, <laughs> and I, I... And I don't really remember, guys. <laughs> guys, P.S., I don't remember. I'm very bad with time, date, space. I don't know. Very bad. And I'm not here to... I hate to rehash no, the let's, past. No, let's do it. I, let's uh, do it. I would say I, I, I look forward. I, lo- I don't look backwards. But since we're talking about it, I think one of the issues, and, and I definitely uh, will take my fair share of the blame in our uh, early years, the turbulence of our early years together. But one thing, a reoccurring thing that you would do, a characteristic, was just, from my perspective, it felt like you would kind of create problems that weren't there. Yes. You know, it's one thing to have a conflict or to have a disagreement about a substantial thing. But I remember many of our conflicts and arguments were like, are you are you just picking a fight for the hell of it, you know? Well, and then he would say that, guys, and I would be shit-tanked, and then I would respond, not in a nice, responsible fashion, in a, oh, game on. Can I, you hand me the gun? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hand me the, the gun. The gun. Charlie, chill out, bud. Um, yeah, yeah, so you, I don't know, and I'm a stubborn old bastard. And I'm a, I'm a defender of justice. And when I thought that I was being unfairly, you know, accused of things or attacked, I, you know, I, I'm not good at turning the other cheek and just shutting my mouth. So even, you know, if I felt like I was in the right and you were in the wrong, oh, and you wanted to engage in a God. conflict, I was like, all right, well, you yeah. got it, lady. <laughs> I didn't know I was engaging with like Mister. I know how to fight in a really smart way. Uh, argue. Let's not. Oh, sorry. Yes. Argue. Well, just fight. You're... We've, by the way, we've okay. never fought. There's <laughs> yes. never been any no physical issue. So <laughs> no, I want to make sorry. that clear. Argument. Uh-huh. You are so good at it. Like you would make a point and say, like, eh, my yeah. feelings are hurt. And Have then this I weird just... habit of making a point. <laughs> be, I would just see red, and I would just be so rageful. I didn't know how to. You know, solve conflicts in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't have any of the tools. That's why I have like nine thousand self help books that yeah. I've read one chapter of mm-hmm. each. But if you put them all <laughs> together, that's like a book. Yeah, yeah. But all that being said, um, last week we just celebrated our third year anniversary in what I call our current administration. Yeah, uh, we've been been together solid three years now. I know. And engaged to be married. So, yeah, I'm going to get married to this nerd. And I think we are a, uh, a good example of Ugh. like, uh, Charlie, Jesus. Buddy. Charlie is. What? Um, we're a good example of like, you know, if you stick it out, if people are willing. <laughs> no, I, I mean this in a, in a sincere way. If, you're, if you stick it out. Because there was obviously there was a connection. Yes. And there was a bond. Yes. And there was something that kept bringing us back together uh, outside of any physical attraction or anything of that nature but there was it was definitely a bond and a connection but 
we're a good example. I feel I'm proud that we went through all those rough times and and came out you know victorious on the other end. We've Me been too. three years solid. Uh, been living together for about two, and uh, now yeah. we're engaged. So I know. Yeah, weird. It is weird. <laughs> But yeah, that's a little bit of our, our personal backstory. Um, I don't know how much you want to get in tonight, uh, uh, you know, with, with your own backstory. Do you want to talk about... Oh, sure. I'll know, talk about whatever. New Orleans? Why don't oh, you tell okay. us that story? All right, guys. So here's the thing. I was a drunk. Let's just put it clearly. I didn't know what I wanted to do, really. I was in comedy, but then I was in, I was taking... Oh, you know what? I was taking dramatic acting school mm-hmm. at the time you met me. <laughs> yeah, let's give your background too as far as oh, okay. uh, your 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 professional background. You uh Oh, you okay. got like 10, 12 years of experience as far as you've gone. I've been to, to every single improv the school that's ever existed. Second City. Yeah. Yes. And the Meisner yes. courses. Okay. Meisner school is two years of crying, guys. A lot of crying, <laughs> a lot of broken plates you had to glue together. It's a long story. But guys, it was a journey. Okay. So I moved from Corona. My Corona? Is that where I'm from? <laughs> Why did I question California. That? <laughs> yeah. So about an hour inland from mm-hmm. L.A. And my parents, I grew up on a farm, but not like a fun farm with cows and stuff, mm-hmm. like orange groves, lemons, avocados. Mm-hmm. And I was really isolated, like growing up. We lived on a dirt road and on this huge hill. So I didn't really have neighbors, and I would... You know, I called it trampoline time, which my parents got a trampoline and they would just like be like, Katie, go on the trampoline. And I loved it. I would have imaginary characters and I would do plays for them. And that's where the weirdness probably started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had two older sisters have, well, one is no longer here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Judy is my other sister who is still here. And <laughs> anyway. I'm not saying anything. Yep. I know. But uh, Judy is eight years older, and Susie was 10 years older. And when I was 13, Susie passed away of cancer. Sad. And she was 23? She was 23. What kind of cancer? Hodgkin's disease, which, by the way, I'm the youngest, and I I just loved Susie. Like, I loved my older sister's like, they were goddesses So she to me. was 23 and you were 13 when she yeah. passed? Okay. And Ten she was kind of like my second mom, mm-hmm. really. Like, she just took care of me, would always take me in her Honda del Sol to Miguel's Jr., which is, like, the greatest Mexican food drive through ever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she was awesome. It was hard. So, uh, so yeah. Sorry, guys. Downer. That's downer right. alert. That's um, right. and, and, by the way, you know, we don't have to talk... You know. Well, yeah, because we got the Easter episode. We got to, I could, yeah. I could hold on to that. <laughs> she died on Easter Sunday. Spoiler mm. alert. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, grew up in Corona. Sister passed away. Real sad. My family never really got over it, which I don't think you ever get over something like that ever. Yeah, I can't imagine. And my, my mom and dad didn't really grieve. And my dad held a lot of anger inside. And my mom would cry at Costco when somebody asked her if she was having a good day. So things were just weird, like off balance. And I really thought it was my job to make everyone better. Yeah. I wanted to make everyone happy. And I was like, okay, so Susie died. Now it's my t- I'll be Susie. So I even went to her college. I went to Azusa Pacific University, which is a Christian college. Was I a diehard Christian? No, but Susie went there, so I did. Uh-huh. And I that was weird. I, I don't know. Christianity is a very interesting 
thing for me. I wasn't good in college. I, I was really in my shell. I didn't I didn't date. I didn't have my first kiss or date anyone until I was 21. Really? Late how, how about bloomer. That? Yeah. Late bloomer. So then I was in a production of Cinderella with the smash hit amazing director, comedian, Monica Gannis, who is a doctor and writer and awesome. And she said, you should go to Groundlings. It's a theater company in LA that does improv. And I was like, okay. So I didn't have any plans. And I went to LA and just started pursuing acting. Guys, and here I am on SNL. Nope, <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> I went to Groundlings, Second City, Improv Olympic, just any, every single school I finished uh-huh. and made a lot of really fun, weird friends mm-hmm. and had about 3,000 jobs in between. Yeah, and LA's tough. I mean, and I, I don't want this to turn into you know a super LA-specific podcast, but it's part of our collective story and individual stories. Um, but yeah, so you're you you did the classic LA thing, yeah. you know. Uh, you have moved, a job you, you hate. You moved to LA. You worked a bunch of jobs and and did as much acting and comedy and improv and everything you could do uh, in your free time. So, well, and it's interesting because you, I did it in the safety of a classroom, uh-huh. and you were very much like, oh, I'm just going to go do stand up every night yeah. and learn myself, mm-hmm. not not through school, which I find awesome. Yeah. Because I just, I love school. Because we're all in a class together. (laughs) And at the end of the class, I would always give everybody a card and tell them what scene I enjoyed that they performed. Like, yeah, I was a nerd. And that is definitely a characteristic, uh, a difference in characteristics that, you know, if you're around it long enough, you can tell the difference between a stand-up comedian and an actor or an improviser. You know, just like you said, we're we're acting and improvising. Usually, yeah, is in in the context of a group or a team where stand up is the most solitary and lonely thing. I mean, not completely. Like, obviously, yeah. you know, you have comedian friends, you're on shows with friends, but like, as far as the on stage time, the your craft, your art, you are up there by yourself. Well, it's a one person show. Mm-hmm. It's a one person performance yeah. that you're doing every single night, mm-hmm. and yeah, in improv, you just have to make the other person look good. Mm-hmm. So in stand up. I'm like, who do I make look good? Yeah. Not me. I'm horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie. Charlie, chill out, bud. Oh, boy. Sorry, he guys. He's so annoying. Well, I mean, he's yeah, so yeah. cute, but damn, he's annoying. He's the worst dog ever. I love him. So I love him, but he's the worst. We're both doing our thing. I'm doing stand-up. You're, you're doing acting classes and improv and stuff. Uh, we're on again, off again due yeah. to my living situation and... Your fondness for for the drink. Well, and also you, our our situation, the living situation never bothered me. Why? Because I'm amazing. No, because I just thought, honestly, it was L.A. And uh, your van was like bigger than my apartment. (laughs) And to your credit, when I finally told you and spilled the beans, you didn't bat an eye. You were like, oh, neat, whatever. Yeah, it's like a mobile apartment. And I was so self-conscious. Like, that's why I didn't date anybody. You're the first person I dated in L.A., uh, just because I didn't want to have to explain to some girl, all right, look, here's my deal. Not that I, again, not that I was ashamed of it, but it was something that, like, all right, I'm not going to enter the dating game while I'm doing this. Uh, but you, you kind of muscled your way into my life. Oh, I did, and I'm glad you did. But then oh, when I, I when I told you pretty pretty soon. Pretty quick into our uh, relationship, I told you, and you didn't you didn't phase you, and I was like, oh wow, 
Not that's, at all. That's bizarre. Not at all. So we're on again, off again. And uh, what happened in the fall of, I'm pretty sure it was the fall of 16. Okay, that's, oh, okay. So I was working at Spitz. I hated it. And every single day I went to happy hour across the street at this bar entitled The Desert Rose. And we were on a off again phase. Off again phase. Mm -hmm. We hadn't seen each other in a few months. This was, I was, oh man, I wasn't doing great, guys. I was just, I was just so (laughs) unhappy. And I remember screaming at this woman who ordered coffee at Spitz and it was, she just wanted a decaf coffee, but I didn't explain to her the situation. Anyway, I, I yelled at a customer and my manager at the time took me out for drinks after and said, you need a vacation, girl. You need to go because you're going to get fired. So she invited me to go with her on a friend vacation in New Orleans. Uh-huh. So I thought, awesome, on it. But I was getting kind of sick. But guys, I was drinking so much every single day. I just thought I was getting over a hangover. Like uh-huh. I was just like, oh, okay, this is just you how just I that feel. Was normal because of your, your behavior. Yeah. So I got, I had the flu, um, before we went to New Orleans and I told, I, I felt like shit. I told Eric, who, another friend that was going that also worked at Spitz. We were all very incestuous. Uh, I said, I can't, I don't think I'm going to be able to go. And he said, you have to. And as a codependent person and a people pleaser, I was like, okay. So I went to New Orleans and I was sick the entire time. I drank hot toddies. I stayed in the Airbnb that only like had weird hotel (laughs) um, TV station. Uh And I just wheezed and wheezed and it hurt to breathe. And on the final day when we were supposed to fly back to LA, I collapsed in the French Quarter and was taken to the hospital where I was found out I had walking pneumonia and my lung, my right lung was like filled with just pus and nastiness. Mm. And they said if I would have gotten on the plane, my lung would have exploded and I would be dead. I don't know why I sang that. That was weird. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, so I stayed in the uh, hospital in New Orleans. And your friends left. They went back. Yeah, and that sounds <laughs> that sounds so bad, but they have jobs, yeah. and they had to get back. And I honestly thought I'd be like a day. Like, uh-huh. let's get this done. Cool. I get to go. Nope. I was there for 17 days. Wow. And it was like my... And I keep saying I'm a codependent. And what that means, if you don't know, is you're kind of like addicted to people and people pleasing and relationships. So I call it my codependent boot camp, like getting out of codependency because I was just in this hotel room alone and no one came for me, but it was good. I watched a lot of reality television (laughs) and my parents called every day. It was hilarious. They would just leave me messages, but you literally almost died. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Were you aware of that at the time? The pain was so bad. Were you aware of the severity of the illness at the time? Like, oh shit, I may not make make it through this. Yeah, when I collapsed, Uh I was. It was just me giving up because I couldn't. I physically couldn't move anymore. And I thought, okay. And I I didn't think death. I really didn't. I thought, okay, I'm going to stay probably for two or three days. Something really bad is happening. But no, I never thought the death thing until I had to get part of my lung taken out. Uh, I had surgery, which is great, but they make you sign a waiver right before 
the operation. And it's like, you can't sue the hospital if you die. And I remember just signing it and being like, okay, well, if I die, this is going to suck. But I had this weird sense of calm before the surgery. Uh And it was like the first time I prayed in like five years. And I prayed for every single person. And you and and the girl I thought you liked and all the stuff. Like, I was just like, well, I hope they're happy together. But, like, not in a mean way. Like, it was genuine. I was just letting everything go Uh and just praying for all the people in my life. Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty enlightening. It was. And it was, I've never felt so calm. Hmm. It was very weird. And I wasn't on anything except morphine. (laughs) But, yeah. And then I got out. I got out, guys. And I had to change my life after. And you quit drinking. Quit drinking. You haven't had a drink since. No, yeah, it's been... About three and a half years. Has it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I if a doctor tells me not to do something, I take it very seriously. Yeah. I take doctor's orders seriously. <laughs> so he was like, you shouldn't drink again yeah. on the medication you're on. And then I just kept it up. Because I'm just... It's not a good look on me. Yeah. It's just... It's like a light pink. Not great. Well... But, yeah. and, and we, like I said before, we were on an off-again situation, so I didn't know about it. I had no idea. I blocked you, and I blocked him. So I, But I, would, I was such a psycho boo. I loved you so much. I would check the blocked voicemails. There's a, you couldn't do that. Like, oh, really? And I would check to see if you left me a voicemail every single day. I'm Why? Sorry. We weren't together, guys. I don't know. I was just like, maybe he cares. But uh, in those years, let's see, like I said, we... We just celebrated our third year anniversary of, of just solid. So from, from 2012 to about 2017, the on again, off again, on again, off again. But it was so frequent that like... It was a joke, yeah. The, the, the longest we ever went off was three months, maybe? Yeah, three about months. three months. So this was kind of right in the middle of a two or three month split. Uh, and, and we had almost no contact and I had no idea, and and I feel so bad because you yeah, know you should, you really should. Even <laughs> even <kidding>. if <laughs> you know we were agreed to be you know on a split or a break, had I known about that, like I would I would have flown if I had the money I would have flown out to New Orleans to be with you because that that broke my heart when I found out about it, and not not only finding out about the illness and the near death experience, but the fact that you were in you were in the hospital seventeen days in a in a, in a different state alone. Yeah, your parents were elderly they weren't able to come visit yeah my parents my parents well i'm an accident guys i mean a miracle but uh my sisters were eight and ten years older than me so my parents are older and they just couldn't i don't know and i i i totally said don't come don't do that you know i didn't think it would be 17 (laughs) days but my dad had a brilliant idea that he would send out my sister, mm-hmm. Judy, to come. And she did come, and that was it was it was a nice gesture. Mm-hmm. But Judy at the time wasn't going through a great she's well, I how do we <laughs> That's a whole nother okay, episode. Yeah. Seriously, that's a whole series of episodes. We'll get to her. Well, later. she enjoyed New Orleans, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Uh the festivities mm-hmm. and took advantage of the you could drink outside. Uh-huh. And uh she kind of got kicked out of my hospital room because she was drunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she stayed for a couple of days and that was kind of entertaining and then went home. But so that was my visitor. Which, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about it till a few weeks after you had, you'd come home or whatever. I, uh, occasionally I would drop into spits. I only worked at spits by the way, for just a few months. 
Yeah. And, and so, you know, I left uh, in the fall of 12 uh, just because stand-up was starting to take off. And fortunately, I didn't really need the job uh, that much at the time. So uh, at, even after I quit Spitz, I would still, uh, even during our splits, I would pop in every now and then. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, have a drink at the bar or whatever. And then, oh, maybe I'll see Katie, you know. Um, but, yeah, I popped in. And uh, I was talking to uh, Max, uh, one of our mutual friends who worked there. And, uh, you know, just in conversation, like, so how's Katie? And he knew about all our up and down and all the drama. Oh, I told everyone everything (laughs) because I had no boundaries, guys, of course. But I just mentioned to Max, like, you know, small talk. And then eventually it got around to, as it always did, so how's Katie? And he's like, oh, you didn't hear? Like, she's she's been in the hospital for a couple weeks and... I think I reached out to you after that just to see yeah. how you were doing. And uh, you came over. Yeah, I came you came across. over with some candy yeah. and slippers, and yeah. oh, I was just getting out of the car and I was hobbling because I could barely yeah, walk. You and was, you was he so just comes feeble. creeping through my parking garage, <laughs> and I was like, "Hi, Dave." It was just yeah, it was seeing Dave after our breaks. It was like seeing home. It's like he was. You, I know that sounds so lame, but it was true. It's just you calmed me in such a way that it was like, oh, good. Huh. Let me mess this up, though. Yeah. How am I going to do that? Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you survived that. And, and I'm uh, glad you just kept coming back, Boo. <laughs> good for you. But you, uh, you really turned it all around. And I'm not... Um, I, don't I was wanna, a real pile of shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't want to say that, you know, our... Um, our relationship improved based solely on that, but it's not a coincidence that that we've been together now solid for three years, and that coincides with your sobriety, you know? That's true. So That's true. And, and not that all of our troubles were based on, you know, your your issues with alcohol, but, uh, you know, it definitely, definitely had something to do with it um, and, and how I would respond. Like I said before, I'll take my share of the blame. But uh, you, uh, it was really impressive to see how you just, on a dime, just cold turkey, all right, I'm done. And yeah. uh, to my knowledge, unless you've, you know, you no, slipped off and it, had a drink in the closet or something, <laughs> you, you, you haven't drank since, three and a half years later. No, I haven't. I'm trying to, no, I haven't. Wow. Yeah, I just, I kind of just stopped. And then I took up Barry's boot camp. Yeah, so you, so you I, replaced alcohol with exercise. With exercise. Yeah. And you've just... Uh, You've been gung-ho. Oh, Barry's Boot Camp, guys, is a magical place. Explain that to us, by the way. Okay. So I'm vain, and (laughs) I follow an amazing woman on Instagram called her called, they call her, uh, Jenny Mullen, who is Jason Biggs' wife from American Pie. And she is just very in shape, and she shared that she went to Barry's Boot Camp. So I looked it up. By the way, a celebrity wife said this, so we know it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a group training class where you just are in this red room and half the time on treadmills, half on the floor doing weightlifting. And the first class, I loved it. And I remember going to Barry's and sweating out alcohol mm. at that time. And I remember saying, oh, man, this is disgusting cut to go to New Orleans, come back. And I remember being like, I don't want to smell like alcohol again. (laughs) So I just signed up and I kept going. Like every morning I would just go to berries, go to berries, go to berries, no matter what. And I would have Epsom salt baths. I did not, I wasn't working out before that at all. So it was just, I just became a workout person. Yeah. 
It was weird. But it felt like fun. It uh-huh. didn't feel like a gym person, you know? It yeah. didn't feel like CrossFit-y. It felt just like, yeah, I'm going to Barry's. And they trick you into working out. And then I get to look at the pretty sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah, and you got really uh, fanatical with it. Uh, yeah, for, for I got, a while. it was it was culty. It you was know? culty, guys. <laughs> it was. And then, but, I mean, if you're going to be obsessed with something... You know, better better a treadmill than a bottle. So that's, that's true. That's good. That's true. But then you know, it's all about balance because then I I got so obsessed with that yeah. that that became my fixation and who berries, yeah. But I still love it. Yeah. Oh. You you found one down here in Long Beach. Found one. Yeah. yeah. Like an addict. You're back at it. Yeah. I found I found my fix. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. So yeah, that's that's kind of our. Uh, Collective backstory there, and yeah. uh, been to, like I said, been together uh, solid for over three years now, and uh, haven't set a date yet for the uh, for the wedding, Not but yet. we're working on it. Um, let me go ahead and tell this story. I think I told this on the Boogie Monster, uh, but for those of you know, for those of you listening that uh, didn't hear this there or, or don't listen to that podcast, and that's fine. Um, <clears throat> but the engagement. Oh Lord! <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Should I talk about? How are we doing on time? Um, oh shit! Let's just all right. Let's let's just go ahead and just talk about the last few months. The lo- all right, okay. kind of catch everybody up to oh, date boy. with where we're at. Um, well, so, all right, we were living together. You had a place <laughs> in S- Silver Lake. Um, yes, I had a place for about four years. Mm-hmm. I found in I I was living with some. Uh, this roommate who was moving back to Pennsylvania, she gave me a week notice to find a new home. Mm-hmm. And I found this great apartment at the time. By the way, this was, was when I was drinking. Uh-huh. And it was one bedroom, Silver Lake. And for those of you who don't know, Silver Lake is a, uh, a neighborhood in Los Angeles. Um, like hipstery. Real super. Kind of the uh, Williamsburg of L.A. Yeah. Williamsburg, hates Brooklyn. It. Well, you don't uh, hate it, but like... Yeah, it just wasn't my scene, wasn't my yeah. vibe. <laughs> well, it wasn't mine either. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Uh, I don't know. I just stayed there, and I'm loyal, so I stayed there for four years. Yeah. Okay. So you had that place. Uh, you got that place about four or five years ago. Yes. About uh, two years ago, I, I moved in with you after we had been dating, uh, you know, in the current administration <laughs> for several months. So I was, uh, <clears throat> I was back in the van to give a little... Well... Well, we're kind of bouncing all over we're, the place. We're bouncing. But to, we're ADD today. To give some context, I lived in a van when I moved to L.A., 2012. Lived in the van for about two years. Got my own place in 14. Uh, stayed there for about a year and a half. Um, other financial By the issues. way, when he got into the apartment, we weren't together. So that kind of hurt. Ah, but I made up stories about that. We were together when I moved in. We were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I helped you pick you out helped furniture. Me, yeah, you Never mind, pick guys. out furniture stuff. And Strike then, that from the record. Uh, you know, per our, per our usual patterns, uh, a few months later, we split back up again. Uh, but anyway, fun. so lived in uh, 2012, 2014. I lived in a van, about two years solid. Uh, got my own place for about a year and a half uh, for multiple different reasons. Moved back into the van for about six months. Moved in with a buddy for about a year. Moved back into the van. So I was on my third stint in the van. My th- okay. My third go-round in the van. Uh, all collectively adds up to about four years I lived in the van. So I uh, was in my third stint in the van uh, during your the story you just told, during mm-hmm. all that uh, that New Orleans debacle. And uh, 
A few months after that, in March, that happened in fall of 16. In March of 17, somehow we reconnected and oh, yeah. uh, started started seeing each other again. And uh, about about eight or nine months after that, uh, after eight or nine months of being solid and you know trying a whole new thing with you being sober and yeah. you know me growing up a little bit, maturing a little bit, uh, it was going well. Like eight or because we both were like. This is okay, weird. This is weird. Like, when are we? <laughs> when are we going to tell each other to fuck off? Uh, but we didn't, fortunately. So moved in with you, uh, probably uh, around Christmas of seventeen. Okay. And uh, oh, lived yeah, together for about Christmas. almost two years. We were together in that place. And about one year in, he finally <laughs> would sleep in the bed with me, guys. Yeah, the first wow, first several months, I had to just I I just couldn't sleep in your bed. It, I was like training you. It, it was, was like training a wild it was, animal. It was too comfortable. <laughs> I had to sleep on the couch. Um, but okay, so to catch everybody else, uh, everybody up to date, I'm trying to figure out the order of how this happened. Okay, <clears throat> cut to November of 19, oh, about yeah. a few months ago. Um, I had been thinking for several months, you know, ah, oh, this is going so great. And we've been together, you know, two and a half years or whatever, like long enough to where, okay, we're not falling into our old patterns. Yeah. You know, she's got a whole new thing with a sobriety. Um, you know, I'm growing in certain ways. And I had just been thinking for several months, like, you know what? I think I want to marry this gal. I'm, I'm just, I was was and still am just so in love with you and so enamored and i was thinking all right about the fall of 19 i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna make this and he's a planner i am not a planner so this is awesome and i love to plan and i was like you know whether it's cliche or hack or whatever you were coming you were scheduled to come visit my family uh, this most this past christmas december of 19 so i said to myself you know what uh I'll 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 pop the question over Christmas. Yeah. Thought that'd be fun, you know. So this is November of nineteen <laughs> and uh your dad um had fallen and broken his hip. Let's our story is Man, so complex. It, it let's, is complex. Let's uh, throw this in real quick. My mom passed and away. Mom passed uh, away this in past year. May of nineteen. Yes, and it was <gasps> the worst year and the previous year. Uh, Dave's dad passed away, yep, and so she, it was like we had two years yeah. of just, yeah. you know, hard within, grieving. Within 11 months of each other, my dad passed and your mom passed. So that, yeah, uh, yeah that was rough. Um, but anyway, to for the context of this story. <laughs> Listen to our podcast. We're so positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did this because we want to be positive. Oh, no. Lord. Uh, it's therapeutic for us. All right, so November of yeah. last year, November 19. November, okay. You're still grieving your mom's Oh, as sad, guys. <clears throat> a lot of sad walks. I yeah. got a puppy. I don't know. You're, I was just I'm was thinking, you know, okay, I think uh, around Christmas time, I'm going to pop the question. Um, some Somewhere around October, your dad takes a nasty spill. Breaks his hip. Keep in mind, he's living alone, and, and uh, you know, not to divulge too much info, but your dad's financially comfortable yeah got a very nice house Mm -hmm. in orange county california um but he's you know four or five months into his grieving process losing his wife of 50 something years and he is not an emotional guy so he does not know what to do with his Mm -hmm. sadness or grief at all so he's grieving he's alone (laughs) uh in this big house and in uh october he takes a tumble in the in the backyard or the front yard and breaks his hip 
So now he's, you know, in the hospital for several weeks and then in a rehab center for several more weeks. The same rehab center my mom was in (coughs) about six months earlier, by the way. So super fun. Yeah, that's a fun reminder. Yep. So anyway, we were going down quite, you more than me, but we were going down quite frequently to visit uh, the old man to, you know, to, to keep him from... You know, being lonely to kind of lift his spirits, we go down there quite a bit. And uh, I'd already made up my mind, like, all right, Christmas, I'm going to pop the question. And I I told myself, like, all right, you know, uh, old school, want to do everything the right way, show some respect. I was like, I need to come down and visit him by myself one day. And, yeah. t- and talk to him first. That's like a cool thing. Yeah, I and I was that. totally going to do that. I was like, you know, I, I won't even tell Katie. I'll just zoom on down there, surprise him. He'll be happy to see me unannounced, you know, and then I'll, I'll have a talk with him and tell him my intentions and do it the old school way. And I was totally planning on doing that. Hadn't bought a ring yet. I, I was shopping for, kind of shopping for rings. I kind of had an idea what you wanted. So uh, this is uh, November. So you and I go down to visit him together. Yeah. And you bring Charlie. <laughs> and, uh, uh, to the rehab place uh, again yeah. that my mom was in six yeah. months earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're all sitting there visiting, and your dad's laid up with a broken hip, and uh, Charlie's bouncing around. And finally, you take a break to go walk Charlie. Yeah. And then it just hit. I had no intentions of this, but it just hit me like, oh, I was like, oh, she's going to be gone 10 or 15 minutes. Why not save myself a trip? Let me go ahead and, and ask him now. While she's gone. Very smart. And uh, didn't really take this into consideration, but uh, didn't really notice at the time. But uh, soon I realized that he was pretty loopy on painkillers. Oh, man. He was pretty jacked up. Hilarious. He thought he was in Arizona a lot. It was very weird. (laughs) Very weird. Uh, Not so much that he couldn't carry on a conversation, but enough to where, as you'll see here in a moment, that it did affect his judgment a little bit. So you hop up to go take Charlie for a walk. I have the light bulb pop off in my head. I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and, you know, I got 10 minutes alone with him. Go ahead and ask him now. So we, I, I, I tell him what's going on. We had a real sweet moment. You know, he, uh, you know, I was like, hey, I, you know, I'm old school and you know, I hope this is okay. But, you know, me and Katie, I know, you know, you've probably heard some of our ups and downs, but we've been doing great for two years now. And she's the one and I love her. And I want to marry her over Christmas. What did he say again? I forget. <clears throat> and he said, you know, he was, it was a real sweet moment. He was like, you know, he said something like, I've, I've been hoping you were going to ask me that. Aww. There's something to that effect. Like, I, I, I think a lot of you, Dave, and uh, <laughs> she, she seems to be doing great with you. You are good for each other. And he said something to the effect of, I've been hoping you were going to ask me that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. So I told him, you know, I don't have a ring yet, but I, you know, I got my eye on a ring. And I made it clear to him, I said, look, I, I'm going to do this over Christmas. So I need you to, uh, to do me a favor and keep this a secret. You know, we're still six weeks out, you know, from Christmas. I said, you know, we're, we're clear. We're on the same and page. Just, and a side note, guys, my dad doesn't listen. Yeah. Or <laughs> he was, he probably just heard, what, Christmas? Yeah, yeah. He didn't hear any of that yeah. and was just excited. Yeah. And he was excited. About it, was, it was a real, it was a real sweet moment. And um, so I was like, you know, all right, I got to wrap this up before she comes in. But, you know, I, and, you know, I appreciate, you know, you giving us, you know, your blessing. And I'm going to do it on Christmas and, you know, I'll keep you posted on, on, you know, arrangements and all that. And they go, okay, cool. And so, but I remember, I remember specifically two or three times, like, you got to keep this a secret, right? And he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> as soon as you walk in, 
Like you weren't back in the room four seconds before he cracked a joke about a white dress. He wh- said something like, you better get fretted for a white dress. Yeah. And but, then he was even about to go. And I said, white dress. He's like, you're not wedding. And I was like, what? and I looked at him like, what the hell is wrong with you? You crazy old bastard. I just told you to keep it a secret. Like, he might as well just said, hey, good. I heard the good news. Or like he thought he was being slick. Like, yeah, he thought he like, was being funny. Hey, here's a little subtle joke he that she won't get. He always is trying to yeah, impress you. It's very I don't fun. know how subtle white dress <laughs> can be in the context of a proposal. Maybe he was doing, maybe he thought it was white dress, like I'll have to wear white. Maybe that was his joke. Like, not but that regardless, I'm a whole, but, but even that is yeah, referencing that right. a wedding yeah. is among us. So you look at me, I look at him, we're all, and there's this few seconds of weird tension, and, and like, I just knew that you knew what he was talking about. So I said, oh, well, okay, he kind <clears> of <throat> let that out of the bag. Thank you, David. His name is David also. Yeah. Daddy and, uh, issues. Yeah. And I said, I said something like, well, Katie, uh, well, shit, I guess I need to go ahead and tell you what uh, your father and I were just talking about. And then you were... I think you kind of already I knew. I kind of knew, yeah. But uh, but then I got down on one knee uh, right there in, in the hospital room, the rehab room, and I grabbed your hand and I said, well, this is what we were talking about. I'd like, to, I'd like to, for us to get married. Will you marry me? And we had a real tender moment right there. And I didn't realize he's laying in the bed. Yeah, so imagine this. Imagine bed. him laying in his bed and to his mm-hmm. right... The the entrance of the room would be to his left. So to his right is just like a foot of space and then a window and a couple of chairs that you and I were sitting in. So we're all kind of crammed into that part of the room. I get down on one knee. I think you start crying or something, and you said yes. I couldn't believe it. I was, when you were saying, like, I love you, you're the love of my life, and I was like, oh, my God, he's saying stuff that's, like, really nice. (laughs) I know where this is going. (laughs) And I didn't really notice that when I was down on one knee, I'm about 12 inches from his catheter. <laughs> and right when you said yes or I do, I saw in my peripheral the, the a golden tube. He was literally <laughs> he was peeing. Celebrating. He was literally <laughs> peeing. I could see the piss running through yeah. the tube down into the bag as you're me. crying and saying yes and I'm on one knee. And then I just thought, boy, this is how romantic is this? Yeah. So beautiful. <clears throat> so that beautiful. was on a Friday. I remember uh no, that was... Uh, that was... Okay, no, no, that was Sunday. So, oh, man, that, yeah, the that was Friday Sunday. before. Two days oh, before. Boy. <laughs> boy, we're rambling on this one here. I know, is this... Okay. I'll make this brief, and Boogie Monster listeners know what I'm talking about. Two days before that, we uh, I got, got in an argument with our neighbor. Yes. He attacked me, and I punched his lights out. Yeah, so Dave in one punch made this guy go down to the floor. I knocked him unconscious with one punch. While he was doing that, I was inside talking to my landlord saying, okay, we'll be quieter and it will never happen. And then Dave walks in and says, I just punched your neighbor. Yeah. Long story short there, we had uh, come home from seeing uh, The Irishman. The longest movie In the theater. Three and a half hour movie. So we come home and uh, we had a patio had a little balcony, uh, not, a, not a patio, a balcony. And uh, we would leave the door open to the balcony to let the cats go chill on the balcony. But we had the giant bamboo. The entire balcony was uh, was, was surrounded in like six feet tall bamboo. 
and we were very confident there's no way the cats could get out. And uh, somehow the cat got out, uh, Harvey got out onto the neighbor's balcony. And oh. it's basically three apartments all in one. So it's just literally one physical structure div- chopped up into three balconies. So it's, it's one big, big balcony uh, that's been divided up into three sections. So Harvey gets onto the balcony. I don't know why. I don't know why this is relevant to that. Uh, just this all happened in the same weekend. Same weekend. Long well, story short, I don't want to go into great detail yeah. about Harvey got on the balcony. Uh, I jumped over the you balcony. You jumped over the balcony because we thought he wasn't home because I knocked on the door several times. He wasn't, no one was responding. I, I'm the one that said, just hop over there, grab the cat, and, and I back. was extremely, oh, by the way, guys, I am not graceful and yeah. or good at any of this type of thing. So I just thump down <laughs> onto his balcony and you hear, what the, what the fuck? fuck? Yeah. And then we're, and I'm like, oh shit, I guess he is home. And so I just it, screamed, sorry, my cat. I'm so sorry, my cat. <laughs> So you grab the cat, you hop back over, and I go back to knock on his door to apologize. And he doesn't. He he thinks it's you. He doesn't. Uh, he hadn't seen me. He doesn't know about me. So I'm knocking on the door again because I wanted to apologize. Like, hey, I I know we freaked you out or startled you or whatever, but you know we're not trying to hop on your balcony and steal your mountain bike. We're trying to grab our cat. I was trying to explain that to him. Fuck off, Katie! He yells yeah, through the in door like a rage, like a rage, rage. Guys. I knock on the door again. Fuck off, Katie! So finally, I'm like, "Well, he's in, you know, whatever. No harm, no foul. We got the cat. Go back in. You know, you and I are like, geez, that's crazy about the cat. That's crazy about your neighbor. You know, that's weird. Whatever. By the way, I have no idea how he knows my name. Yeah. So that's super fun too. I don't know. Five minutes later, you go to take the trash out, and then I hear you screaming because <laughs> he came at me. He did. He was. He went to go complain like a little b word to <laughs> bitch. You can say. Bitch. I can say bitch. Yeah. I don't know why I said b word. That's all right. Anyway, he, he went to go bitch. complain to my manager, mm-hmm. and he was walking down the steps. I was in the courtyard going to the trash can. We were just like it was like a fight. Like we just were were coming towards each other, and he just starts yelling and i i just kind of went back into my rage mode and started screaming screaming at him him. so i come out now let me make this very clear i didn't come out guns ablaze no i didn't come out hey you know you actually sided with him yes I, i i wasn't like hey you can't talk to my woman that way i the only thing i was interested in is both of you guys shutting the hell up because y'all were in the courtyard, this common area, screaming at each other. I was just interested in let's resolve this as quickly and as quietly as possible. I didn't come out aggressive. At so all. I come out. I immediately say, Katie, go inside. I got this. So you go inside. Now I'm talking to this guy. And I'm like, hey, man, so sorry. I know you're freaked out. I, I wasn't even mad that he was screaming at you. I was trying to explain why you were on his balcony. Got like, you. hey, man, I know you're freaked out. We're so sorry. Our cat got on your balcony. I, uh, you know, I know that startled you. She's on my balcony. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. I'm so sorry. Listen to me. You know, the cat got on there. She's on my fucking balcony. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Hey, hey, listen. You know, and he's like, who the fuck are you? Hey, man, I'm her boyfriend. You know, I kind of live there, whatever, you know. By the way, uh, I didn't quote unquote live there because (laughs) the manager, nobody really knew I lived there because I traveled so much and we didn't want to put me on the lease and have to pay another deposit and all that. So I was just your boyfriend who was kind of, who was visiting a lot. So anyway, like, who the fuck are you? Just screaming. Just, I was like, hey, man, I understand you're pissed. I'm trying to make peace. We're at fault. We got on your balcony. I'm apologizing. 
But understand, we weren't trying to rob you. We weren't. Our cat got him. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. So oh. finally, after about 30 seconds of him screaming at me and me taking it, because I was just interested in trying to resolve this quietly, I go, hey, man, we got off on the wrong foot. I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. I said, I'm Dave, by the way. I didn't catch your name. And he just looks at me with this just just smoke coming out of his ears for about five seconds. And he wouldn't shake my hand. So finally, I touched him with my finger. I literally, my finger, I tapped him on the elbow. And I said, well, it's like, I said something to the effect of like, you don't want to be polite, then fuck off, buddy, or piss off or yeah. something. And I touched him. Like, not as an act of aggression, but as a dismissive gesture. Okay. Like, hey, man, I tried. Ooh. You're not interested. You know, go, fuck off. Whatever, buddy. And when I touched him on his elbow... I, I touched him, and then I, that was me being, I'm done with this. I'm, yeah. I'm washing my hands of this situation. I tapped him on the shoulder, told him to fuck off, and I took two steps back towards our apartment. Well, while I'm walking back to the apartment, he goes, uh, did you really just touch me? And he shoved me in the back. He shoved me violently in the back. I almost fell down. I'm stumbling. I literally stumbled into my own door. And even in that moment... I was thinking, all right, if I turn around and he's still standing where he was standing, I'm just going to go inside and and we're done with this. Yeah. He shoves me really hard. I almost fall down. I, I, I crash into our door. I turn around. He's charging at me with a clenched fist. Like he's got his fist cocked, like ready to pop me. Clenched fist. My back is literally against our, our door. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Boom, I threw one punch, hit him in his left eyebrow. He was unconscious before he hit the ground. Fucking blood everywhere. Split open his eyebrow. Blood gushing everywhere. One little part of the story we didn't mention. During the whole Harvey being on the balcony thing, Harvey also jumped on our third (laughs) neighbor's balcony. Another balcony. (laughs) I go and approach that guy, tell him the situation. Never met this guy either. His name is Wayne. Nicest guy ever. Couldn't have been any nicer. I said, hey, Wayne, sorry to bother you. I live two doors down. My my cat's on your balcony. He has a cat. He goes, oh, man, really? I got a cat. I love cats. Come on in, man. Let's, Let's figure this out. Let's get your cat. Well, by the time Wayne and I go on his balcony, the cat's back out on the jackass's balcony. Anyway, point of this part is I meet Wayne for about two minutes. Couldn't have been any nicer. You know, hey, man, let me know if you need anything. Sorry to bother you. so nice. So Wayne meets this bearded dude, you know, whose cat's on his balcony. Two minutes later, Wayne comes out a second after I punch this guy. I'm standing (laughs) over this guy. By the way, when I punched him and I saw his eyes roll back in his head, I literally then jumped in and like caught his head from smashing the back of the ground, the back of his head hitting the ground, because that's the last thing I needed was for him to clank his head and, you know, some manslaughter shit. So it's a really, really weird mix of emotions to clock somebody in the eye and then a half a second later jump in and try to. And be worried about them. Jump in and try to soften their fall. So, so right when this guy falls, blood's everywhere. He's unconscious. I'm standing over him, tapping him on the chest, like, "Oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Are you okay? Like, I didn't mean for it to get that far." Wayne comes out, and the first thing I said is like, "Wayne, I know this looks terrible, but I swear to God, he started it." <laughs> and this guy's just unconscious, gushing blood from his eyebrow. And then Wayne's like, "Oh man, I got this. Just, just, oh shit, just, just go back inside. I'll take care of this." So I guess what I learned later was 
Wayne helped him. You know, a few seconds later, this guy came to, and Wayne took this idiot to the hospital. Oh, fucking asshole. Guess the guy <laughs> filed a police report at the hospital. Long story short, we got evicted a week later. Yep. Not, I... not because I punched the guy, you know, but uh, the official... Uh, because I had animals, but, and it was a no. Well, pet. you had animals, and you you trespassed on this balcony. You know, that's, oh that's shit, against, that's what it was. You yeah, broke, you broke some again, guys. Agreement. Very bad with time and details. So and anyway, on Friday, <laughs> you know, and this all went down within like two or three minutes. You know. So this guy, you know, he attacks me, shoves me, I punch him unconscious. My manager comes over just, and all he cared about was the blood outside yeah. my door. And I thought, okay, he punched somebody, maybe there's some blood. I'm not, I wasn't raised in boy house. I didn't know, like, punches <laughs> happen in blood. I go outside, it is like CSI crime scene. Yeah, I had blood. to just <laughs> get beach towels. Oh, you were out there mopping. I was mopping. I was and, mopping uh, up the blood. But yeah, when I, when I came back in after the, the fight... You're on the phone with the manager, and mm-hmm. right on cue, you said something like, oh, no, no, they're not fighting. It was just an argument. And then I'm like, I mouthed you, I just punched out your neighbor. No, it was worse than that, boo. I was talking to the manager, and I was saying, well, I'm mad because he assaulted me with words. Yeah. Like, I was just But so you didn't know about the fight. No idea point. about the fight. Then Dave comes in, I just punched your neighbor. Oh, <laughs> dear God. All right. So that happened on Friday. Mm-hmm. On Sunday... We get engaged while your dad's peeing into his catheter, <laughs> and then a week later, we get the we get the boot, and you had, we had to be out in three days. And three uh, day notice, guys, because so, oh well, it's three days, and then I didn't get evicted. They gave me three yeah, days. It yeah, was if you get weird. out in three days, we don't have to start the eviction process, oh. which does you know it hurts your record and it's hard to get a spot after that. So <clears throat> on Friday we punch out I punch out the neighbor. On Sunday we get engaged and by next Friday we're out of the apartment and we moved in with your dad in Orange County mm-hmm. to help him. It just so happened he was getting out of the hospital right at this time. In November, yeah. So so it was kind of a mutually beneficial thing like all right, well, you know, and we asked. <laughs> yeah. We didn't just yeah, assume. We didn't just assume, but it was like, hey, you're getting out of the hospital. You live alone. Your 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 mobility's you know shot. You're going to need some help. We're getting kicked out, and you were like, "Hey, Dad, how about we move in for a month or two? And uh, we did that, and, and somehow my, survived that. That was an interesting February. couple, couple February of months. February was my deadline. And then uh, yeah, you gave us an arbitrary deadline. You're like, "We need to be out by February first, so we don't." I just knew it. So that we don't, the family doesn't all kill each other. And we did that, and now we've got a great spot here in Long Beach, California. Yeah. Uh, three-tenths of a mile from the ocean. <coughs> and, uh, pardon me. And, uh, Our crosswalks have rainbows. I mean, yeah, this we live is in a, a beautiful, very gay neighborhood. I love it so much. Yeah, and uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah. You know? Just, it's crazy what these last few months have been like. You know, just, and we were both, and it's weird how the universe, you know, yeah. puts things on your plate. Because we both were getting burnt out of living in L.A. I, I know I was. We were yeah, both you in a were, rut. Yeah, you were done. Yeah, just that well, neighborhood. Well, he was talking about, like, going, he was like, I'm going to go live in the desert. I was seriously, he, I wanted no, to move I to Joshua I knew you did. I like, and I, I was like, I can't. And I was please, like, please, I can't. What if I get an apartment or a house in Joshua Tree and then, oh. like, I come back on the weekends and... <laughs> and that was honestly going to be... Or in the mountains. You just wanted to live alone yeah. among your No, I wanted to get the hell out of desert. Los Angeles. And I didn't realize how much I was 
like stunted there and sad and oh and we were in between two nursing homes like two rehab facilities well a nursing home and a hospice center oh yeah so death. yeah we were like in between death mm-hmm. it was just a kind of a good like let's get out of here new start <laughs> new start <laughs> Ooh. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at right now. That's a little bit of our backstory, and uh, <clears throat> man, I, I love it down here. I'm having a blast. Uh, we walk on the beach almost every day. Uh, you know. Yeah, and never, 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 never did I think I would move from LA ever, <laughs> ever. And I don't know why. I have a love hate relationship with that city, but you know, being down here, I I don't know. One day, Dave went to Long Beach and he said, "I really love Long Beach," and I just looked at him and said. Let's let's move there, mm-hmm. and it was the best decision yeah. we ever made. I think yeah. here we are. Been here about a month now. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah, just uh, we both have been kind of in a rut creatively. Um, <clears throat> and here's a you know a little backstory here. I uh, Boogie Monster listeners might know from recent episodes that uh, Kyle Kinane and I. Uh, for the last year and a half, have been working on a pilot for TBS. And Boogie Monster is Dave's other yes, podcast. Yeah, if you, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I made that clear. Boogie Monster is a podcast I do with the comedian Kyle Cadane, a longtime friend. We've been doing that for three and a half years. Uh, we're not. We have no intentions of stopping that anytime soon. This isn't going to replace that. This is just a little side project that I've been wanting to do. But uh, yeah, Kyle and I have been working on a pilot for TBS for about a year and a half. Uh, basically a, a travel log, a travel uh, show version of the podcast. Two idiots in a van traveling around, <laughs> talking to people who've been abducted by aliens and have seen Bigfoot. Uh, very excited about that. And just last week got the word that they're passing. So there's still a little uh, life. There's still some, there's a chance that a couple, other, a couple other networks are interested. But at this point, you know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not crossing my fingers or holding my breath about that, but it just, the timing of that was just like, all right, well, I'm always, I always look forward. I try not to look back too much, even though this whole episode has been about, about our Looking past. back. But, um, <laughs> that's, you know, when that happened, I was like, all right, well, what's the next thing I'm going to do? And rather than pitching another TV show or writing another, I've written some scripts, I've written some pilots. It just dawned on me like, Hey, you know, me and my, my fiance should do something together. And you and I have been talking for years about collaborating either yeah. on a web series or writing a pilot together or some scripts. And it just hit me like, man, I love doing the Boogie Monster. I love doing a podcast. But I also like the idea of doing a podcast that, uh, A, doesn't require a bunch of research. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no theme to this, you know, other than just me and you. And uh, I also like the idea of doing a podcast with you, whom I live with, and I can do it here. Easy. In our living room. Right here. Also, I'm out of Bravo television to watch, so that's (laughs) why I'm here. No, I wanted to do something creative with you as well. that's the point of this. And uh, like I said, once we get the technology figured out, we're going to try to take live phone calls uh, right here on the show. But until then, we're going to try to figure out how to... uh, to um, play some voicemails and respond to your voicemails. So, yeah. uh, again, 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. Uh, 24-7, you guys can call that and leave a voicemail. Questions about anything. Anything. You want to talk about barbecue. Anything. You want to talk about football. You want to talk about Real Housewives. Self-help. Anything. Family problems. Yeah. Guys, I have... Oh. The amount of counseling I've been to, <laughs> I'm basically just a, oh, a therapy freak. But that's something I really enjoy, and that's the only thing. Um, you know, I love doing the Boogie Monster, and, and, and again, we're, uh, no intentions of stopping that anytime soon. 
But uh, it, it is a lot of work. It's even though, you know, if you listen, you know that it's not the most well-researched podcast. But I do spend a lot of time trying to research it. You know, no, you it, do. it doesn't do. come off as like an expert, expertly research because a lot of the stuff I'm just learning the week before, you know, I'm, I can't be expected okay, to, to be no an expert on no 300 <laughs> oh, different no. topics. Oh no, he's going to go. No, no. My, <laughs> my point is as much as I love doing that, some of my favorite episodes are the, uh, b- uh, if you're a patron of the Boogie Monster, we do the monthly bonus Q&A episodes where uh, people, you know, email us or, or, or ask questions uh, via the Patreon page, and Kyle and I respond and try to answer those. So it just hit me like, man, that's some of the most fun I have on that podcast is doing that, so why not try to have a second podcast that's kind of based around answering emails or or in this case voicemails oh and i love the phone i love messages i love the phone i'm very bad at texting (laughs) so this is just perfect yeah so uh yeah if you guys you know enjoy this and and want uh and again neither one of us claim to be an expert on anything but we do have collectively a lot of life experience we do you know some of the stuff we've talked about here today uh stuff that we will get to in the future i've I haven't even really talked about my backstory. Oh man, I've revealed some of it. (laughs) I've revealed some of of it on the Boogie Monster, but uh, I'm going to get more into my backstory and some of my life experience. And uh, I think together, um, you know, you and I, we have common interest, and then we have uncommon interest. But I think uh, collectively, it's a pretty broad spectrum of uh, at least we could give our two cents, our nickel's worth of advice. I'm a big fan of solving a problem. So if if there's a problem, we're going to figure it out. There's Google or our, (laughs) you know, your experience or whatever. Mm. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're all in it together. Yeah. So I'm very uh, excited about doing this uh, with you Me and I'm excited too. about just the the theme of it and uh and as and again <clears throat> as much as I've enjoyed uh, doing the podcast with Kyle I still feel like there's a certain part of my personality and a part of my story that maybe hasn't come out yet and it's and it's not intentionally and it's nobody's fault but like Kyle and I have a certain chemistry and a certain dynamic and I think it it's pretty good and it comes across fairly well but there's still with you and I, it, I feel like it's a broader dynamic. Well, you haven't slept with Kyle. You know. <laughs> exactly. So, I think. <laughs> yeah, Kyle yeah. only knows me so well. You know the whole... I know the whole enchilada. You know the whole shebang. <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, uh, being able to talk with you and 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 uh, collectively answering, you know, the listeners' uh, voicemails and things, I just feel like um, there's a part of uh, my personality and my story that uh, that will come out that maybe hasn't come out yet. Yeah. So uh, I'm I love very, that. I'm very uh, eager to uh, to re- really roll up our sleeves and, and to really get into this podcast. So uh, I know we kind of rambled here Ooh. on the premiere episode, uh, but if you guys are into it, man, give us another listen. Uh, tell your friends. Word of mouth, by the way, is the absolute best way uh, to kind of um, you know get this thing rolling. So again, five six two five four eight two zero one two. Uh, 24-7, you can call, leave a message, and uh, we will figure out Uh-oh. that technology. <laughs> Charlie's, Charlie's like about to up. growl. Wow, to growl. So much talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. The Stonebergs Podcast, uh, Dave Stone, Katie Strandberg. Thank um, you, guys. Yeah, and I look forward to kind of uh, going through this together. Yeah, and, it's going to uh, be good. You know, and, and we'll have fun. 562-548-2012. Call, leave a voicemail, ask a question, uh, share a recipe. 
uh, say hello, wish happy birthday to a friend. Whatever you want to talk about, guys, we are here for Sing you. Sing a song. Yeah, sing us a song. I love uh, songs. Tell us a joke. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> but uh, uh, this isn't a... Um, this isn't a short-term thing. I plan no. on doing this for a while, uh, so I'm very excited about this new venture, and uh, I'm excited to do it with you. Thank you. And, I'm ex- uh, oh, I'm honored to be here. Like I said early in the program, I'm I, I, I'm I'm very excited to uh, to show you off to the world. Oh, guys, Cause, I'm shiny. Cause, uh, I'm fun. I think. Oh, it, you'll love me. <laughs> I don't think it's going to take too long for people to. Uh, to uh, fall in love with you the way I fall. Oh in love my gosh! With you. And if not, that's okay. No pressure, guys. You do not have to fall in love with me. Yeah, she's taken. So take it back off. Okay. But uh, anyway, Stonebirds podcast premiere episode in the can. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. Hey everybody! Thanks so much for listening to the Stonebergs podcast. If you enjoyed it, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a few seconds to rate and review it on iTunes. And if you don't listen to it on iTunes but still want to help out, simply tell a friend, as word of mouth is so important. Follow us on Instagram at the Stonebergs Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Stonebergs. And lastly, give us a call twenty four seven and leave a voicemail at 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.